So we've been studying, uh, I believe this may be the fifth uh, lesson on, on the church and uh, many things about the church. And, and uh, we said, that, and of course we wanted to see the, uh, reveal the importance of the Lord's church. We know it's not a building. We know it's made up of living stones. And as we uh, studied this, we also made mention that when you study the scriptures, the church is taught even in places that you don't see the word church or ecclesia. And Buddy uh, read this morning there uh, about the soils, the sower and the soils. Uh, some seeds were, were sown by the wayside and some in stony ground, stony ground, some among the thorns and some in good ground. And, uh, and that parable is teaching about fruit bearing. It's not talking about heaven or lake of fire is talking about fruit bearing. So in that, as, as he read that, where was the fruit? Where was the fruit uh, produced or born? Only in the good ground. And to understand that, uh, and I didn't plan on, but buddy, thank you for reading that. Didn't plan on talking about it today. But to understand that, and you'll probably, because that would pique your curiosity, you'll probably be studying that some this week as you go home. But to understand it, you need to understand one thing. There's two sowings there. Individuals were sown in these different places. And the individuals were sown, and of course we know who the sower is, but individuals were sown uh, by the wayside. Some individuals were sown uh, among the stone. Some individuals were were sown among the thorny ground, and some individuals were sown in the good ground. Now, none of that was a mistake. The Lord is the sower. None of those were mistakes. Say, well, he probably wanted them all in good ground, but some of them just went over here. No, the Lord is a sower. He maketh no mistakes. So individuals were sown in these different grounds. And then there was another sowing of the word. And the word was sown in these other places, but the only place it was effective was where? In the good ground. That's the Lord's church. And again, it's not made, this building is not the church. It's the place where the church meets, but the, the church is made up of living stones. So thank you for bringing that out this morning, buddy. Uh, just another point about the church and, and, and the value of it, because outside that good ground, no fruit, none. Okay, uh, so we were talking uh, about the, the church, and again, I believe this is maybe the fifth, uh, fourth or fifth, I can't remember, uh, lesson on it. And uh, last week, we studied about the, the, uh, the Holy Spirit, the Comforter. And uh, so we wanted to show, okay, why is the church important? Why is it valuable? Why is the fruit only born in the church or in the good ground. So we spent, uh, I think, about all of our time last week talking about the Comforter, the Holy Spirit as the abiding Comforter. And we talked about the vine, the branches, and the fruit, and so forth. So we talked about uh, uh, the Holy Spirit or the Comforter was given to the church on the day of Pentecost. That's when the Comforter was given. And uh, 
there's another place, in the, and we said that the comforter was given on the day of Pentecost, and we can read that. But there's another scripture, and uh, had this question, and I want to read that, and we'll, we'll study on it this morning. So John chapter 20 talks about a giving of the Holy Spirit. Now, something I want to keep in mind, the Holy Spirit has different offices. The Lord Jesus Christ had different offices. He was the Lamb of God, which was going to be the sacrifice. He was a, a, a shepherd, that was going, the good shepherd, the great shepherd that was going to lead the sheep. He was our high priest that offers up the sacrifice, which was himself. He was the first comforter. He's our elder brother. He's our friend. So Jesus had many different offices. And it's the same with the Holy Spirit. And we need to understand that. So let's read in, in John chapter 20 and verse... Uh, I'll start in verse 19. So this is certainly before uh, uh, Pentecost. Verse, uh, chapter 20, verse 19. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for the fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. So Jesus here makes us first, his first statement was, you know, this after the crucifixion, but he hadn't gone back to, uh, to, to go and remain with the Father. He said, peace be unto you. And what's the next thing that happened? And when he had said, or when he had so said, he showed them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Now, this is a little bit off my subject, but let me bring it out anyway. He said, peace. Then what did he do? What, what, was he going to give him something, some basis for this peace? And the answer is yes. See my hands where the nails went in, I was crucified. Showed him his side. See where I was pierced? So he said, peace be unto you. And then he showed him this. And then what happened next? Then were the disciples glad. Have you seen the crucified Lord? I'm not talking about physically. Have you seen him on the Calvary's cross, the crucifixion? Have you seen what it paid for? Have, it seen, have you seen that he is your redeemer? I hadn't always seen that. I saw a man called Jesus. I was afraid of both him and God. I didn't know. But when you see him as your crucified Lord that paid your price on the cross, then we're glad. And that's what the disciples did. So now let me, I, sorry, I got a little bit off my uh, lesson there. 
So uh, he, he appeared, he said peace, he showed them why they would have peace, and they were glad. And in verse 21, then said Jesus to them again, peace be unto you. As my Father sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them, and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Spirit. So, what did he give them? What did they receive? Well, very clearly, it's the Holy Spirit. But in what office, what function? That's what we need to understand. So he definitely gave them something. He definitely gave them the Holy Spirit. Now, some will say, well, that was, uh, there was a delayed reaction. He, he gave it to them here, promised it to them, but then on the day of, after, uh, uh, on the day of Pentecost, that's when he fully gave it to them. And there was just a de delayed reaction. Well, I don't believe that at all. I believe he gave them something right here. I still believe on the day of Pentecost, the comforter came. But here, what office, what purpose was this? He breathed on them and said to them, Receive ye the Holy Spirit. Definitely the Holy Spirit. But what office? What was the purpose of this? Why did they need this Holy Spirit at this time? And we'll try to understand this by kind of eliminating some other things. Uh, We know, uh, some would believe, well, he gave him the Holy Spirit, gave him life, spiritual life at this time. But let's look at this and see, uh, and the Holy Spirit does give life. But is that what took place here? And the answer is no, that's not what took place here. Uh, Proverbs 20 and 12 says, The hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord hath made both of them. Now, physically, you can't see until you have ears and eyes, physically. But until you have life, you can't have the seeing eyes and the hearing ears until you have life. I'm talking about on a physical plane. Can't see till you have, till after you have life. So spiritually, it's the same way. Have to have spiritual life before he gives that hearing ear and seeing eye. Spiritually, that is true as well. Uh, but he also read there in, in that Matthew chapter 13, uh, some, he, uh, they asked him, he, he spoke in parables. And, and they asked him, he said, why, why do you speak in parables? And what he told them was, blessed are your eyes, your ears, you see and you hear. These other ones, I don't want them to see. I don't want them to hear. But blessed are your eyes and your ears. Let me ask you, did they have spiritual life at that time? And the answer is yes. Because they couldn't have the hearing ear and the seeing eye unless they already had spiritual life. So they had spiritual life uh, at that time. Um, in, uh, well, let me do this real quick. In, uh, just to show this, in, in, in Mark chapter, uh, chapter 3... Mark chapter 3, 
So here, uh, well, let me, let me just read it. So, um, Betty and I talked about this. And Betty, I think the two points that we were talking about, I'm not so sure that it's not the, the same thing. You know, the, the, uh, the uh, writers of the Bible, uh, of course, inspired of God, but they all saw things and described it in, in these ways. It's, it's, so anyway, so let's look at this. Uh, Matthew or Mark 3 and uh, 13. And he goeth up into a mountain and calleth unto them whom he would... And they came unto him, and appointed twelve. And he appointed twelve, and they should be with him, and they he might send them forth to preach, and to have authority to heal sickness, to cast out demons. And Simon he surnamed Peter, and James the son of Zebedee, and John the brother of James uh, he surnamed uh, Boanerges, which is the son of thunder. And Andrew and Philip and Bartholomew. And Matthew and Thomas and James, the son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus and Simon and uh, the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him, and they went into the house. Uh, so here we see, and, and this was before he breathed on them and gave them the Holy Spirit. This was before that. Clearly they had spiritual life here. And he was going to send them out and so forth. So they had spiritual life. And, and Betty and I discussed, is this, is this the, uh, the beginning of the church? Well, I believe it is. But we also see this over in John, slightly, uh, slightly different uh, way that it's stated. John chapter 1. But I'm reading this to show they had spiritual life here. They were already God's sheep. They had spiritual life. So this is before he breathed on them and said, Receive ye the Holy Spirit. We want to show that they, it, when he breathed on them and said, Receive ye the Holy Spirit, we want to show that wasn't spiritual life at that time. They already had that. So in John chapter 1 and verse 35, here's another, the Lord calling them uh, to him. And again, Betty, I, I, they were, if they're not the same uh, time, they were certainly very close together. But John uh, records it this way, John 1 and, and 35. Again, the next day, John stood and two of his disciples, and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he saith, Behold the Lamb of God. So John pointed out this Jesus in one of his functions, Lamb of God, sacrifice. Um, and the two disciples heard him speak, and, when, and, they, uh, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and saw them following and saith unto them, What seek ye? They said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say, being interpreted, Master, where dwellest thou? And he said unto them, Come and see. They came and saw uh, where he abode with, uh, within that day. It was about the tenth hour. So here, they came and saw. Did they have spiritual life? Yes, they had spiritual life at this time. This was before he breathed on them and said, Receive ye the Holy Spirit. So, Betty, I think this is really closely related or not the same incident as we see in Mark chapter 3 there, the beginning of the church, the calling out. And John has it just a little differently because really when you look at the rest of chapter John, it doesn't go into the other names that were called where Mark does. So, interesting fact there. So, anyway, so here I wanted to read this to show 
They heard, they followed, they came, they saw, they abode. They already had spiritual life. These were living sheep that the Father gave the Lord Jesus Christ. So they already had spiritual life. So when he breathed on them and said, Receive ye the Holy Spirit, it wasn't the Spirit of life. It was something else. It was the Holy Spirit, but not the same. Already uh, living sheep. Uh, John, well, chapter 6. I'll just read that to you while we're this close. John 6 and 44. No man can come to me except the Father who has sent me, draw him, and I will raise him up the last day. And then in verse 45, it is written in the prophets, and they shall uh, all be taught of God. Every man, therefore, hath that, that hath heard and hath learned of the Father cometh unto me. So these come to the Lord. He called them. So what takes place? Well, they have to hear. And that's what it says here. Therefore, uh, therefore that hath heard and have learned of the Father coming to me. So already have to have spiritual life to do this. So these disciples, they heard and they followed. Uh, oh, I better not go there, but John chapter 10, uh, the Lord says, My sheep... Hear my voice, I know them, they follow me. So we won't go there, wonderful scripture. But they, so his sheep, his sheep that has been given life, they hear, they see, and they follow. This was before he breathed on them and said, receive ye the Holy Spirit. So our, our text, let me go back there in John 20 and 22. And he, whenever he had showed him himself, said, Peace be unto you, and so forth. And when he had said this, he breathed on them, and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Spirit. They already had the spirit of life. I believe we've given enough scriptures. There's more, but I believe we've given enough, enough scriptures to establish that. They were already living, hearing, seeing sheep of the Lord Jesus Christ. But here's something else. He breathed on them and said, Receive ye the Holy Spirit. So, was this the comforter at this time? John chapter 16 will show us that it's not. So, what, what we saw here, or what we read there in our text, he breathed on them and said, Receive ye the Holy Spirit. There was no delayed reaction. That's when it took place. Whatever it was, Whatever office of the Holy Spirit took place then. Now, John chapter 16 and, and uh, verse uh, 7. So here the Lord Jesus Christ, and we may go back and read a little more on this. The Lord Jesus Christ, a short time before he's going to be taken and crucified. 
before the, these busy lives and they were bringing people in to be healed. The Pharisees were constantly trying to trap him and make up lies about him and so forth. But in, here in John 13, 14, 15, uh, and 16, he took his disciples aside. A very intimate time with his disciples. Didn't have all the other, I hate calling it distractions because that's not a good terminology, but just a quiet time with his disciples, a short time before he's going to be crucified and, and taken away. And he says to them at this time, in verse 16 and 17, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. So the Lord, as far as the Comforter, and that's what we talked about last week, the Holy Spirit in the abiding office as the Comforter. And we stated that the Comforter did not come until the day of Pentecost as a sound of a mighty rushing wind. But our text said, he breathed on them and said, receive ye the Holy Spirit. But this says, it's important for you that I go away. Now, whenever he breathed on them and said, receive ye the Holy Spirit, he hadn't gone away. He was still here. So see, this is talking about something different. He says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's expedient for you that I go away. And whenever he was talking to them, said he breathed on them, he hadn't gone away yet. Yes, he'd been crucified, but he was still with them. He's talking now here in verse 7, a future event. It's, it's expedient for you that I go away. Well, why? He says, if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. So now he, he promises this comforter. He says, I have to go away, or this, this event will not take place if I don't go away. Let me talk a little more about the comforter and what it is. So let's go back to John 14. Just a couple, I know we talked about this last week, the abiding comforter. And, and the comforter abides in the church, and that's, that's the value of the church. So John 14 and verse 17, or 16 and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Jesus was the first comforter. But he says, I'm going to pray the Father after I go away, and he's going to send you another comforter. And it says, so, so there's no uh, misunderstanding what the comforter is. It goes on, even the spirit of truth. So you can call it the comforter. You can call it the spirit of truth. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth not. Neither doth it know him, but you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. In you as a church, the body of Christ. With you as a member of that body. But here he, he talks about, I'm going, I'm going to send you another comforter. He was the first comforter, I'm going to send you another one. I'm going to send this spirit of truth. Not the world can receive it, but I'm going to send it to you. And then we'll go over to verse 26. But the Comforter, who is the Holy Spirit. Now, he breathed on them and said, Receive ye the Holy Spirit. That is true. But this is a different office of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gave them life. When he breathed on them and said, Receive ye the Holy Spirit, that was the Holy Spirit for a particular office, a particular 
uh, a purpose. But here, verse 26, but the comforter. We're talking, still the Holy Spirit, a different office, a different function. Uh, different offices, maybe let me state it this way. Uh, you as an individual, Rhonda, you have one role, you're a teacher. Another role, you're a wife. Another role, you're a daughter. Another role, you're a member of this body. So we, have, we all have different offices that we hold. And that's, again, about the Lord. He has these different offices. So here, the Holy Spirit, different offices. One, life-giving. Another is this one, but the Comforter, who is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. He shall teach you all things. This is the office of the Comforter. Teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatever I said in you. This is the, this particular office that is speaking about, this Comforter. Not the same one when he breathed on and said, receive you the Holy Spirit. Different office, different function. Chapter 15, uh, verse 26. But when the comforters come, whom I will send you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, who proceeded from the Father, he shall testify of me. Don't you think it's vital and important that that we have something to testify of Jesus Christ to us. And that's what he says, that's what that comforter, in the, that's what the Holy Spirit in the office of the comforter is going to do. And then we see it, well, verse 16, we read it there, verse 7, let, let's read that again. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. So he's going to have to depart before this comforter came, as the whole, the, before the Holy Spirit came as, in the office of the comforter, he was going to have to depart. Uh, and then verse 13, Nevertheless, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, the Spirit of truth, the comforter, the Holy Spirit, in this office. Nevertheless, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. Isn't it important for something to guide us into the truth? That's one function of the office of the Holy Spirit, to lead, guide, and direct into all truth. Can you see why it's important? Can you see why the value of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, where he places his comforter, that's where we're lead, guide, and, and directed into all truth. That's where the fruit bearing is in the good ground. So uh, he's uh, a future event. He was going to send this comforter. Yes, it's the Holy Spirit. It's the spirit of truth. He's going to send it to lead, guide, and direct into all truth. That was future. He's going to do that. And I'm going to go get a little long here. Acts chapter 1 uh, Acts chapter 1 and verse 4. And being assembled together with them. He was crucified, but 
already, but he was still had not gone to the Father to stay and remain. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that you should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he yet heard of me. What promise is he talking about? He said, you heard it of me, the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth as the Comforter. He said, you, you wait for that promise. And verse 8, but ye shall receive power. When? After the Holy Spirit has come upon you. What Holy Spirit? What office? The Comforter, the promise that leads, guides, and directs into all truth. But ye shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses to me, both in Jerusalem and uh, Judea and Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the earth. So he said, you're going to be witnesses to me when? After this power that he promised them is given to them. Now, they were witnesses while Jesus was here. He was the first comforter. He said, but now you're going to receive power. You will in the future receive power. And then you'll be witnesses. Uh, and then, well, verse 9 real quick. And when he had spoken these things, while, he beheld, uh, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. That's when he says, it's expedient for you that I go away. He went away. Went back to the Father. And he's going to send them something. Uh, in the second chapter of Acts, I'm going to have to hurry here. I don't want to make this two parts. Second chapter of Acts, in verse 1, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, a rushing, uh, uh, like a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Now, this is important, the sound of a rushing mighty wind. If it wasn't important, it wouldn't be in there. But this is the only place we see this. This was on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit, as the abiding comforter, was given. The Holy Spirit has other functions, other offices. And that's, of course, the point of our text if we get back to it. Uh, verse 3, And there appeared unto them cloven tongues as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. This is a different office. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So here is the comfort, the Spirit of truth that he promised them. It's expedient for you that I go away. If I go away, I'll send you the Holy Spirit as a comforter, the Spirit of truth. It will lead, guide, and direct into all truth. And don't we need that to be a true witness? So... In our text, what did he give him? In John chapter 20, he breathed on him and said, Receive ye the Holy Spirit. What did he? They had the Spirit of life. They didn't have this comforter yet that came on the day of Pentecost, but yet at this particular time, he breathed on him and said, Receive ye the Holy Spirit. Now, the Lord had already been crucified at that time, but he had not ascended up and the clouds received him. So, they had the spirit of life. They're going to receive this comforter on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth that leads, guides, and directs into all truth. But here, in our text, he breathed on them 
Receive ye the Holy Spirit. So what, what, what purpose? What purpose? He's going to send them the comfort of the Spirit of truth, lead, guide, and direct. He's given the Spirit of life. So, uh, so why did they? Why did they need this? Uh, let's see. Acts still in chapter one. And uh, verse 15. And in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said the number of names together was about 120. Men and brethren, this scripture must needs, be, have, must needs have been fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit by the mouth of David spoke before concerning of Judas, who was guide to them that took Jesus. Now, there's something here. He said there's something needs to be fulfilled. For he was numbered with us and obtained part in this ministry. And then skip down to verse 20. For it is written in the book of Psalms, Let his habitation be desolate, and let no man dwell therein, and his bishopric let another take. So he said... Uh, according to scriptures, uh, Judas was, of course, uh, ordained to this. He was numbered with of the twelve. And Judas, we know what happened. Now there's eleven. He says, the bishopric let another take. It's what scripture uh, uh, foretold. So verse 21. Uh, Wherefore, of these men who have accompanied with us uh, all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us. Uh, being Beginning with the baptism of John, so this is going to be appointed this office, had to have the baptism of John. Uh, Until the day he was taken up from us, must one be ordained to be a witness with us of his resurrection. And they appointed two, Joseph called uh, Barsabbas, who was surnamed Justice, and Matthias. And they prayed and said, Thou Lord, who knowest the hearts of all men, show us which of these two thou hast chosen. Chosen for what? To take up this position that was vacated by Judas, the bishopric. That they may take part in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go to his uh, own place. And they gave forth their lots, and they fell upon Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven apostles. So this casting of lots was just, it was not dice, not gant, it's just the way they voted. I vote for Matthias, I vote, vote for, uh, uh, shoot, <laughs> anyway, um, so, but it said the Lord is a, determines the results of the lot. So they were just voting here. The Lord determined uh, the lots and how they were going to fall. And they fell. So they did this. So now this is why the comforter hadn't come yet. And this had to take place. Uh, now the Lord Jesus Christ had ascended. But the comforter is going to come on the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit, as the abiding comforter, is going to come on the day of Pentecost. So that's a future event out here. They, the Holy Spirit of life had already been given them. 
by what authority? Uh, we read there that when this power comes, there are going to be witnesses. But now, he didn't say go out and be witnesses. Wait till you be endued with power from on high. So here, they chose Matthias. And I ask you, by what authority? The Lord, was, the Lord wasn't here with him now. He was gone. Comforter has not been given yet. The Holy Spirit is the abiding. Uh, Holy Spirit is the comforter had not been uh, uh, given yet. By what power or what authority did they do this? Jesus was not with them. The first comforter was not with them. The second comforter had not been given yet. By what authority did they do this? Matthew chapter 16. Matthew 16. And start in verse 17. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father who is in heaven. And I say unto thee, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. So he didn't build a church on Peter, he built it on himself. Upon this rock, he's saying, I'm going to build my church. And then he's going to do something to the church. He says, and I will give, give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So he said, I'm going to build this church on myself, and I'm going to give it keys, authority. Whatever you bind, whatever you lose. When did he deliver those keys, that authority? That's what's in our text, John chapter 20. When he breathed on them and said, receive ye the Holy Spirit. See, they needed this. They had the spirit of life. It had been, they had spiritual life. It had been given to them. He promised them that on the day of Pentecost, he would receive this comforter, this spirit of truth, and it'll lead, guide, and direct into all truth. And he told him, don't want you to go out. So he was going to leave. And he said, I don't want you to go out witnessing right now. Wait for the power, the comforter. But there was something else that they had to do. And it was choose Matthias. That's what they needed the authority for. That's what, when he breathed them, said, Receive ye the Holy Spirit. This was another specific place for the Holy Spirit so they would have this authority to choose Matthias. So it's just another office, another function of the Holy Spirit. So they had the, uh, they had the Spirit of life. Now he's going to give them the spirit of authority to do this task. Later, they're going to have the spirit of truth, the comforter, lead, guide, and direct in all truth. Then they would be witnesses. So this particular point in time, he gave them the authority 
and that was to choose Matthias, which was prophesied and, and would, would need be done as we read there. So I think that's a very interesting study as well. But as we look at the church, uh, going back to that, uh, the comforter is given on the day of Pentecost. The church was already there because it was added into the church. So may the Lord bless the speaking of his word. We're dismissed, and this is our regular business meeting, if I'm correct in that. And uh, anyone that needs to leave is certainly welcome, and everyone is certainly welcome to stay. So I forget, I think we do, we do the minutes first. Do the treasure first, okay. So Brother Bill, have a treasure report for us. All right, everybody, bear with me. <laughs> I do not have any handouts. <laughs> uh, it's hard to keep up with, but here we go. As of the 6.30, we had a book balance of $12,808.31. Expenses for August were pastor $950, janitor $150, outside work $100, then we got AEP at 387.89. Echo Water was 24.15. Dean Masters for speaking was 75. Treasure 100. Rumpy Dumpster, this was for the uh, part of our uh, uh, conference, was 210. And we had our insurance come up this uh, same month, it was 28.67. Then we had flowers for Carl Wilson, was 58.85. Total expenses for the month of August was $49.47.89. Okay, yeah, that's, that's for July, I'm sorry. Okay. Okay, our deposits uh, for the month was $27.13. We had a, an interest of $0.29. Cents. And... Uh, <coughs> And then our balance, like I said, was $12,808.31. Our deposits were $27.19. That brought us up to uh, 